Welcome to Dig It. This is the speaker. I hope you're all having a beautiful Friday morning. I am here with the Sharp Edge and Corey Lynn of Corey's Digs. How are you guys doing? All right. Going Take, 100 miles per hour. Taking a <laughs> oh, deep well. breath right now. I'm trying to, yeah. <laughs> I was up till six in the morning. You know, I had a buddy come and visit me. And so I was completely unplugged for about five days. And then I was working on putting together this really important um information to get out to everyone about the health freedom summit because it's going to be the bomb and then all of a sudden we all know what news hit and so boom then i was up till six in the morning looking at that and goodness we have so much to pack into this one there's so much going on right now everyone's heads are probably spinning yeah i hardly slept last night i mean my head was right i went to bed knowing uh what everything that was going on or beginning to happen in right. Ukraine. And I just did not sleep at all mm. last night. Six nope. o'clock, rookie numbers. Six o'clock for me here now. What are you talking about? <laughs> rookie numbers. Rookie numbers. Oh, you're funny. I'm recording at six. What are you doing? Yeah, we got a lot to whiz through. So what are we, we, what are we talking about, speaker? Um, of course, we have to talk about... Uh, the Russian invasion of Ukraine, uh, this is the biggest thing on the world stage at the moment. Um, I'm still trying to see if COVID has been cancelled by war. We'll see if it's traded itself. Mm. Um, we're going to talk about the Freedom Truckers, uh, the Health Freedom Summit, COVID updates, uh, Texas trans law that's just been passed, and a few other miscellaneous things that we're going to get into. There's a few. So let's, let's dive into it, girls. But what, what are we tackling first? Well, let's start out with, with a good note. So <clears throat> we'll have a link to this uh, right under the video as well as um, the registration link. And so this is, if you haven't seen it before, the Health Freedom Summit. And it's March 10th through 12th. So it's online streaming, three-day event. It is free. So you can register and you can go in and you can watch over 30 experts Um they have a phenomenal uh, list of lineup of speakers this year, uh, and then they do every year. But it, you can also, which I'm going to do, of course, you can purchase the uh, lifetime <clears throat> on-demand access. So you can watch at your leisure um, and go back and you know reference, and then they include a whole bunch of materials with that too. And what I really like about this one is it's really um, packed with strategies. So there's uh, there's a little, just a short little video intro in here, um, which which we won't play play at the moment. But if we scroll down, you can see um, like at a glance what you learn. I've got all the details in here. We have so much to cover, so I'm not going to go through this completely here, but. They're going to teach, you know, you got health experts, legal, um, freedom fighters, uh, doctors, scientists, and they've really gone above and beyond to put together the best of the best information and strategies for your health, strategies for civil liberties. Um, they have like a mask freedom guide. They've, um, on, <clears throat> excuse me, on the 
on the additional information that you can get, like, and if you want to do like the advocacy upgrade, which I will do, they're going to have a bonds for the wind manual, activist training field guides, school board affidavit templates, how to protect your family from CPS, the ultimate underground media guide, medical and religious exemption training and templates, uh, first month of operation flood advocacy group included. And so the lineup is, you know, you have Dr. Peter McCullough, uh, Pierre Corey, Christine uh, Northrup, uh, on and on. There's like 33 or 34 speakers. We got Del Bigtree, Naomi Wolf, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., uh, Alex Newman, Peggy Hall. So, so there's a ton of people in here that are going to be uh, delivering really important information and really important strategies. So this is free, guys. You got to register and, you know, watch what you can. And if you want to do, you know, purchase the, the additional so that you can go back and access it whenever you want, they have that option on there as well. So, so good stuff coming up. That's March 10th through March 12th. Awesome. I mean, this is a really strong lineup of, I mean, some really fantastic doctors um, and advocates and I'm, I'm just looking through, I can recognize so many of these names here. I'm yeah. sure that um, it's going to be packed with tons of great information and uh, advice from yes. medical to uh, legal to uh, pretty much everything surrounding what we're facing today under the COVID tyranny, basically. Right. And, you know, I get a lot of emails from people saying, hey, I have a friend or a family member um, that's really suffering because they got the jab. And is there some sort of detox or what do we do? Or um, what can we do right now to like build up our immune system? And so they're, they're going to cover all those kinds of things in this as well, which is really important. Yeah. I mean, because we've got this long list of problems but not too, not too many people talking about solutions. So yes, right. we are at a right. bit, we have a huge sort of shortage of solutions. But these are some powerhouses that really yeah. do bring good solutions. So, all right, good good information. Check that out. You said that we were going to leave in, a link in the description. Yes. Yeah. All right. Awesome. So, on to the uh, big news this week. Um of the Ukraine, of Russia's uh, invasion of Ukraine, or military operation, as Putin has put it. Special military operation. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so this happened um, during the UN Security Council. They were holding an emergency meeting over Ukraine on Wednesday night, and Putin simultaneously issued a public announcement during that, that UN Security Council meeting, that Russia was going to be conducting a military operation. And this was a giant middle finger to bite Putin to the UN, to NATO, to the Biden regime, showing, look, look how little I care and am and, and intimidated by the UN Security Council. I'm actually going to do this while you're holding your meeting. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, this is, this is a big deal. The, the amount of troops you've moved into it. Now, there's the various reasons and various speculations on why this has happened. And <clears throat> trying to work out the real stories that's going on is not so easy. But, you know, I, I have my opinions on it. Um, 
and from a Russian point of view, and this is how I see it, I mean, you heard a lot of talk about these neo-Nazis down in the Dombas uh, attacking his people, whatever. I think that's a very convenient excuse for Putin to make a move um, because he is afraid of you. Ukraine really making a pact with NATO and the West in general. And you can see Ukraine kind of going down that path, um, which some of, you know, some of their official accounts are flying LGBT flags on their thing and stuff. So you can see the wokeness seeping into Ukraine as well. And the fact that it is so close to Russian borders. I mean, you picture how com comfortable would America be if, you know, Russia started putting military bases in Mexico and Cuba. That, that that's what this is so it, in in my opinion that's what this push is and right it's definitely been a push on all sides to come to this ultimate uh, conclusion this ultimate uh, reaction so to speak i'm just going to read a little bit of the transcript from putin during his speech last night referring to the denazification of Ukraine, uh, which you just referenced, Speaker. He says, I made a decision to conduct a special military operation. Its goal is to protect people who have been abused by the genocide of the Kiev regime for eight years. And to this end, we still strive, we will strive for the demilitarization and denazification of Ukraine as well as bringing to justice those who committed numerous bloody crimes against civilians, including citizens of the Russian Federation. Interesting comment there um, by Putin. But yeah, following that, we saw, you know, the, the sky is lighting up last night or Wednesday night and into the morning, um, pretty much all over Ukraine, not just in those... Uh, two regions which Putin had earlier this week recognized as as independent from Ukraine. Right. So, yeah. uh, but there's just a lot of, um, and I think that we really need to, you know, focus on this part of the uh, the story is that the reporting that we're going to be getting from this point forward and pretty much so far. It is all flawed and we just we need to be so careful with what we see and what we read and what we think on all of this because i just don't think that there's any good players involved in this scenario at all do you um, or um, any trustworthy no, um, reporting i'm i'm in complete agreement i i don't think any side here is the, 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 the good side um i can understand russia's move um i mean NATO, America, they're all pearl clutching now that, you know, Putin would do something like this, except, you know, they was, they didn't over the last 20 years, you know, when they invaded Iraq and when NATO signed off on bombing Libya and destabilizing that, that's all fine. That was all fine to do that. But then Putin does it and they all pearl clutch. It's, it's, it's quite, it, it, it's funny when you can remember history. Right. And you can remember other countries doing exactly the same thing, but, you know. I think that power just abhors a vacuum and the weakness and incompetence of the Biden regime, of the UN, of NATO, that has allowed an opportunistic Putin to make moves that benefit him. And Biden's mm -hmm. clearly no match for Putin. As Trump said this week, Putin is just getting played like a drum 
I'm, I'm sorry, Biden is getting played by a drum, like a drum by Putin. So, I mean, it's just, it's pathetic trying to watch the Biden regime deal with someone like Putin. Hmm. And the Biden regime is just evil. Everything they've done since they took power has been for the destruction of our country from the economy to COVID to the border to Afghanistan. I mean, it's all about about demoralizing and destroying the country by the globalists to bring down Western civilizations. So I don't think that this conflict with Ukraine or in Ukraine is any different, do you? I mean, I think it's just trying to get us involved in another quagmire to distract us and drain our resources. What do you guys think? I think that that too many people are saying this is a white hat or a black hat operation when it's 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 really neither and it falls you know in between there and there's massive distractions, massive propaganda campaigns going on. And when you see the Biden regime and you see the UN and NATO and, you know, all of them parroting the exact same message. So, so it's easy, it's easy to spot the deception more so than the truth of what's going on on the ground, you know? Yep. And what they're doing right now is trying to create so much freaking confusion that and so much doubt that people can't figure out exactly what's going on. And that leads people to stay in and to continue focusing on it and to try to get to the bottom of it and create a massive distraction while in the meantime, they're moving forward on many, many agendas against humanity across the globe. And if people take their eyes off that ball, we're in big trouble. Exactly. Exactly. Well, yeah, uh, I mean, there's there's ways you can keep your eye on both, but but what but what we've, and it's not it's not just showing you how weak the Biden regime. It is showing you how weak the UN and NATO is as a whole, how useless they are as a whole. Um, not just Putin's called their bluff on this. China as well. Uh, like. I, I, I hate giving Putin heaps of credit. I hate giving any world leaders heaps of credit. But the systematic attack, I guess you can say, on not just Ukraine, but everything that he had lined up beforehand. I think he was clearly already in talks with China. China's not pushing any sanctions on him. China's came out straight away and said, you know, we don't think it's an invasion and we're going to keep dealing with them. Right. right? They knew, mm-hmm. Putin knew that. He knew they were going to sanction him. He's not stupid. Right. He knew this was all coming down the pipeline. And he, and had, he prepared accordingly. Yeah. He prepared exactly accordingly to it. Yeah. And I'm showing this on the screen. This thread right here just kind of shows how we have to be very careful with the information that we're going to be seeing from this point yeah. forward. News reports are airing old video as though it's currently happening to perpetuate the fear. I mean, this really think, is yeah. a, a, a psyop um, happening on top of what is in, happening in reality. I mean, because this is old footage from 2016 with you know reporters airing this kind of crap um, currently as though that is what's happening. Again, a 2015 video of an explosion in China is being aired to um, 
you know, as though it is part of the uh, Russian military operation that took place. Right. So um, we've just we've, be- we've seen this time and time again. I mean, mm-hmm. through oh, you think back over the last three years of everything we've seen and we'll see old footage of people rallying or protesting in another country somewhere that was really five, five or 10 years old or um, some like during the, the BLM crap that was going on, there was all kinds of videos coming out that were, were false, that were old footage. Yep. Yep. And so the U S intelligence that we're getting from you that's happening in Ukraine, that's the same deep state U S intelligence that brought us and fed us the Russia hoax. So why should we believe And they're the ones that are feeding information to our media. So why should we believe anything that's coming from U.S. intelligence or the media right now? They've shown us that well, they're going to lie completely to us. Well, and, and here's the other thing that makes this one really interesting and sad, too. I mean, I'm, I'm praying for all the, you know, innocent citizens over there with all of this well, that's, going on. That's, but, that, but, that, that's the sad bit about it, is the Ukrainian citizens are in the middle of, of this bullshit. Right, right. Yeah. in a totally crashing economy. And um what was i gonna say i lost my train of thought speaker (laughs) sorry i caught you off sorry my bad oh i know what i was gonna say this is probably the first time in history i mean where the level of citizens being able to get footage on what is taking place on the ground changes the whole game you know and so we are gonna see uh we've already seen a lot of footage coming out that people have been taking just from their phones and uh i've seen posts going around saying don't don't share uh you know where ukraine's position but definitely share where russia's positioned and just it's just it's a weird thing like this is the first time like a war is going to be shown on tiktok right crazy Yeah. And going back to this black hat, white hat thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's so gray right now. I personally, I, I think the reality is there's no good actors in this war that's, that's breaking out. And we, I mean, we know that Ukraine has been operating as a base for the U S deep state for years. I mean, think about Soros, Biden, Hunter, Hillary, they all have Mm -hmm. deep, deep ties that go back for years in the Ukraine, it was base, a base of operations for all of their corrupt um, activities. And so there's there's that element still there in the Ukraine. We know the Biden regime has been pushing towards this war for their own gains and mm-hmm. to wag the dog for weeks and weeks now and distract from their own failures. And Putin... And the COVID narrative, they're losing the COVID narrative. So we already knew there was, there was you know... In my opinion, this all times ties together. So yes, and Putin sees this power vacuum in the U.S. Oh, yeah. as a complete weakness within our military, who's totally woke, and our leadership. And he's taking this opportunity for his own self-interest and his own self-preservation. I mean, Putin's not a great guy either. We're talking about you know KGB type style leadership here so um there i don't think there's any good players in this and i think it's very simplified to say black hat white hat exactly the truth and the reality is it's it's a lot more complex than that and i don't want to try to act as though i am as Mm -hmm. this so savvy that i understand the intricacies 
of this region. But I just will say from, you know, a 40,000 foot view, it appears that there are several bad actors that all have a reason for pushing towards this ultimate um, situation. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so I just don't see any of any, um, any winners here. And I think that the losers, the most, the, the big losers here are going to be, of course, the people of Ukraine. But I think citizens around the world, we are the, the losers in all of this because, of course, it is going to affect the oil. Of course, it's going to affect the economies. Um, of course, it's going to affect um, if, if there are any troops, if they're saying that they're not sending any of our of our men and women. But, you know, that that story could change on a dime. So um, Russia's yes, always moved when when the West has been incredibly weak. 2014 and the Obama regime, they went straight into Crimea. They annexed it. Right. And, and they're, they're doing the same thing now. It's not, you know, and the way they've attacked from the north and all that, like I said, systematically perfect. The, the, the way Putin set this out, he, he knows clearly his army, his military, his coordination with his military is perfect compared to anything we see in the US at the moment when they're fighting over pronouns and transgender helicopter pilots. That's what they're worried about. I mean, we've seen the ads from army recruitment. The difference between Russian ads, Chinese ads, and American ads. Yeah. Of course, they're going to take a chance here to annex some more land, take Ukraine, which is a very important hub. They've got allies in Belarus. Belarus did the smartest thing they could do. They don't want to become Ukraine. Of course, they were going to go help Putin. Uh, it's the safest thing they could do. The rest of the NATO shooting a brick. 30, you know, the, the, the amount of gas and oil that they're relying on Russia for anyway. Why why, why half of them don't want to even push Sandens? I mean, Germany, I, I think, relies on 35% of oil and natural oil and gas that's coming from Russia. And the fact is, it's pushed up oil to over $100 a barrel, and then they're paying Russia for it. Now... Thomas Massey pointed out, and don't quote me on this because I don't remember the exact, I want to say it was something like 700 or 730 million um, dollars we spend in Russia for fertilizer over here. Uh, yeah, huge fertilizing. Um, the, well, that's, that, that's what helped it with China, their wheat and their agriculture. Mm-hmm. So pushing fertilizer and stuff like that. Uh, China's given them the, the, the green light. It, 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 Last I was reading, they even expanded some of their trading territories. So the, 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 Z knew this was happening a long time ago. Right. And what's what's the update? <clears throat> what's the update on China as far as Taiwan goes? Oh, they've been sending some planes over, probing, and oh. um, they're you know which they have been doing, but it, it seems like it's already starting to ramp up. So, and there have definitely been has definitely been chatter, and I think it's more than chatter that um, China is using this Ukraine debacle as a distraction for their own gains to make moves on Taiwan. And so definitely we'll be having to keep an eye on that region as well, because while we're distracted, uh, you know, in the Ukraine, uh, watch out for China to be making their own moves. Everybody's got their own reasons for pushing for this. 
Right. And another thing is I just, uh, I saw, I don't even remember now if it was yesterday or the day before when Saki said that, uh, that we have, <laughs> that everything's great in the U S and we have no reason to worry about, you know, any cybersecurity threats here. And that was a page. I know everyone immediately was just, and it went sailing through the media and everyone's talking about it. Going, what is she saying? Well, as far as I can see, she took a page right out of Trump's playbook. That was to get everyone to talk about it and start fueling the conversation on cybersecurity, which tells me they're they're making some sort of moves there. So I would watch out for um, any false flags and cyber attacks here so they can continue to move the digital ID agenda among other surveillance forward uh, because they're, they're losing the narrative on on COVID and the passports, but the smart health card is still moving forward and states are trying to, I should have sent you that linkage, uh, states are still trying to push it under the guise of, well, we, we just need a digital identity to be safe. We don't have <laughs> right. to tie it to the vaccine ID passport. Mm-hmm. So, right. If so COVID is dying, if COVID is dying, they've got to have another reason for it. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And so they're stoking all this fear right now. And yep. oh, it's going to turn into a big third world war. And they're going to, they're going to start really, uh, really trying to, um, yeah. Push, push the fear. This. And it, yeah. And then while at the same time, pull in the cybersecurity and the digital identity, and we're going to protect you. And this is what, yeah. Yeah. Shit, and so. the, the vast majority of the American people, uh, and I think people around the world, get it they they they, find, they know who the real losers are here it's the populations it's not these regimes i mean mm-hmm. the vast majority of american people 72% do not want major us involvement in the ukraine um, right. americans are concerned about their jobs inflation the covid mandates the gas prices the southern border i mean there's a million things going on in our own our country exactly And this is the last thing that we want or are interested in, but they're going to keep pushing it. Um, And we were talking about this just prior to recording um, about seizure of Chernobyl nuclear power plant and Mm -hmm. President Zelensky coming out and saying that um, this is a declaration of a war against the whole of Europe. Okay, so um, it looks like, yeah, like you were saying, the rhetoric. um, the uh, with with talks of of world war three and um all of this is pushing so much fear and panic uh-huh. in the population um i think by design i'm just looking at a live stream here of you know areas mm-hmm. in ukraine and it looks okay it looks calm uh right well, now and i've seen numerous reports and again you know we we can't obviously verify this but that that Russia took over pretty much all the military bases and whatnot in Ukraine with like an under two hours. Now, I don't know if that's true or not, um, but, 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 but the theater itself around all this, the propaganda that everyone's going to want to push to, in order to move their agendas forward, is going to continue on no matter, no matter how peaceful it might look on the ground right there or what's really going on, you know? And so mm-hmm. it's just, yeah. 
Yeah, this is definitely a very fluid situation and we're going to be, you know, getting, you know, inundated from this point forward for some time for the foreseeable future on just constant developments that are happening with regards to this debacle that uh, has unfolded, no doubt in part, by our own corrupt evil regime who is pushing for it. They got the wag the dog they wanted, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And especially people, you know, saying, is this going to go to World War Three? before it's happening? Look, Russia doesn't want to get into a major conflict. America doesn't want to get into a major conflict. Uh, we're already in a world. Nuke. We're already in a world war. I mean, we've been in a world war for the last couple of years now. It's hmm. just a different kind of war, you know. Yep. It's been it's been a psychological a hell war. Psychological, uh, biological, uh, yeah. And now we're getting into the kinetic stuff. And uh, was wondering when that was going to start happening. Um, and I think that we kind of predicted this as the COVID narrative collapses, which we're going right. to kind of talk a little bit more about towards the end of this um podcast but uh you know as that collapses they've got to create a new distraction a new emergency to continue the emergency powers and uh, maintain power right Right, because didn't he just didn't biden just extend that again or Mm -hmm, something mm -hmm. he sure did yes he did kind of speaking of that yeah so should i roll into the are we done with the ukraine segment or is there anything else we wanted to, to talk about on that before i go on to the freedom convoy no, it's no, it, it's not my wheelhouse of expertise. So I mean, I would be, I would, I would really be speculating. I, I, I can assess the, you know, by what's going on, what's coming out of our media and and propaganda. You know, that's it's much easier to assess the deception than the actual truth and reality of what's going on on the ground, especially in another country, obviously. Right, right. We're going to have to sift through a lot of bullshit to get to the truth on what's happening on the ground there. And everything is much time on it, though, and distracting yourself from the other stuff that's that's going on right under our noses as they try to take away our civil liberties. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Okay. Speaking of civil liberties, Freedom Convoy in the U.S. is rolling out and heading towards D.C. And so the People's Convoy is en route from California to DC as we speak. There are apparently other convoys from all over the country en route as well. Here's the Montana wow. footage. Wow. Uh, and here's a map. Let's see. Do, do, do. Sorry, I gotta find the map. There's the map. There's the map. Yeah, so here's the map. Um, apparently, you know, several convoys heading in that direction. Um, so there was a, you know, kind of a big rally to um, see off the People's Convoy out of California to D.C. Um, some big names were there um, to show them off. And, you know, some some frontline critical care doctors were there to speak on the COVID narrative um, before they headed out. But they um, their plan is to. Uh, as they head to D.C. is not to actually park at the Capitol. Um, They're probably just going to roll through the Capitol, but they're looking at surrounding the Beltway (laughs) area. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so far this, so here's the People's Convoy website. So far they have raised 
um, over $460,000 for their convoy. And, um, you know, I'm just going to say there's mixed feelings about how this is going to go coming off of the heels of everything that's happened in Canada. Right. And we know the Biden regime, they're intending to use many of the same tactics as the Trudeau regime. And just, you know, as Trudeau indica- or he initiated the Emergency Act, which he actually ended up revoking at the last minute before it failed in the Senate um, this week. Yeah, um, the, yeah the Biden regime, it, they extended their national emergency declaration very quietly. Gosh, I'm trying to see where I saw this. Didn't they, aren't they now going to call in the National Guard? Mm-hmm. Yes, I've heard, I've heard about that. Um, the National Guard being uh, put on notice, um, you know, for, for what occurs, you know, in D.C. Mm-hmm. And co- also I've heard reports of them contacting tow trucks in the area <laughs> in preparation. So I think the truth is that um, you know, the truth is that not just truckers, but workers all over, you know, from all walks of life could simply just park their cars and trucks all over the country in protest of COVID mandates in order to make their voices heard. You know, um, they're the lifeline of this country. So, right. um, you know, I can understand the argument of, of, um, gosh, you know, we don't, we don't want, you know, another incident like what happened, um, in Canada to occur in DC. Um, so we're just gonna have to keep an eye on it. I personally, I'm just, I'm praying for these guys. Either way, I'm just praying for these truckers that are headed to DC, that God just protects them, keeps them along their journey, uh, that this, this freedom movement continues to spread like wildfire across the country and around the world. And I just hope all the best for them. Um, but definitely going to keep an, keep an eye on it. Um, as they get closer. And of course, Trudeau backed off his, um, (laughs) his bill, his emergency uh, act bill the other day. Mm -hmm. Of course he did. Not just a little bit of a backlash there. Yeah. And that was like, because, because um, after it passed Mm -hmm. in the house, it went to the Senate and it started to look like the Senate was going to not pass it. And so I think for optics, Trudeau decided to come out bef- when he knew that it wasn't going to pass in the Senate. Instead of having right. bad optics that it didn't pass in the Senate, he just came out and look, said, look, look how, you know, benevolent <laughs> I am as this totalitarian dictator. I'm rescinding the Emergencies Act, even though he because he knew it wasn't going to pass. And also, I think what happened is that he created such instability in in the in banking system. People, uh, he lost all confidence in the banking system after that Emergencies Act, and people were pulling their money out of the banks. And he, this is just my assessment. My my guess is I'm wondering how many banks were breathing down Trudeau's neck saying, look, they're pulling money out that we can't even cover. You know, we have like less than 1% of what, you know, is actually in people's bank accounts. We actually have that, that, that little amount in hard cash as people pull this out. So I, I'm, I'm guessing he got, you know, some heat from the banks as well. Where are Um, we at on that? I, I I was, like I said, I was unplugged for most of the week. And so I, I picked a good time to come back in huh but where are we at with the whole bank freezing um 
of the truckers in Canada and, well, and one allegedly people who were donating and whatnot. Is there any updates on that? Yes, I've heard updates and I should have pulled that up. Maybe I can real quick. I think it was I read it on Becker News, but um, they've started to unfreeze some of the um, sorry, I'm trying to look it up real quick. Um, some of the accounts. And so um, some of them have been unfrozen uh, and then some, some of them have not. So hmm. one second, let me see if I can pull that up. Sorry. Uh, I can't, I can't find it, but yes, they've started to unfreeze some of the accounts. Yeah. You know, and that's another tactic to scare the hell out of people and intimidate people into what we already know that they're going to attempt to control our, our spending through our bank accounts. Uh, so when people see that, then they say, oh my God, oh my God, this is, this is really going to happen. And so, you know, and then we saw a plummet in cryptocurrency and, and Bitcoin and people, you know, wanting to rush to the banks and get their money out of the banks. And so they're really, they're really hitting everyone from all angles. And I know, I know a lot of people are struggling right now. It's, it's, um, it's really depressing. It is. It's just, it's really, it's really sad. The state that everyone's having to go through right now. I remember that's all Russia's fault. <laughs> it is, yeah. it is a hard time right now. Oh. And mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. yeah, so it, I, we have I, to balance the, the news cycle that is going to be very negative for the foreseeable future with some positive things like discussions on ways that we can take control of our own lives and our right. own security um, despite the chaos that's going on around us. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. So, uh, but moving on real quick, I wanted to go over a few of these reports that came out this week on the COVID narrative that is collapsing and the reason why we have to have another distraction. So, I mean, like there's about three um, important reports that have come out recently um, that have gotten some coverage, but again, we're all like all eyes on Ukraine now, and this is getting slipped under the rug, right? Yeah. So, and you showed me this one. Did you say this came out? Cause I, I missed this. Did this come out originally in the New York times? Did you yes. say? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So, so, so let's go back to this headline real quick. Okay. Um, Cause now I want to look at it through a different lens while you talk about this. All right. So CDC <laughs> officials admit agency has withheld critical COVID information from the public, including data about breakthrough infections over fears of vaccine hesitancy. So um, according to a new report out of, yes, the New York Times, uh -huh. the CDC has also been collecting much more detailed data about COVID infections that breaks down by age, race, and vaccination status. The critical information would go a long way towards figuring out an end to the pandemic, but the agency has purposefully suppressed the information from the public over fears that it would be misrepresented and cause vaccine hesitancy. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh -huh. So, I mean, we've been saying this for a long time. We knew that they, that they knew and that they were withholding data, but this is just, again, another... Uh, kink in their armor, another report showing that, yes, we know they're withholding data over fears of vaccine hesitancy, basically, 
right? Like we yeah. know the data is not good in our favor, so we better withhold this. <laughs> right, right. But yeah, we're still going to push for those annual jabs. Yeah, yeah. So another report that came out this week that got literally no coverage is this report out of Germany, a major German insurance company has come forward with their reports on insurance claims. And we've always talked about this, how the insurance companies are going to be the ones who tell us the real numbers because they're going to have like insurance claims on illnesses and deaths. So this Germany report um, came out and a so large German health insurance company analyzed data from 10.9 million insured individuals regarding vaccine complications And they said, according to our calculations, we consider 400,000 visits to the doctor by a policy by our policyholders because of vaccination complications to be realistic to this day. And then they extrapolated that to the total population and said this value would be 3 million. And I believe this would be so 3 million in Germany. vaccine complications basically Mm -hmm. and so that was a thousand times um hold on let's see something like a yeah uh thus the number of vaccine side effects would be more than a thousand percent higher than the reports yeah yeah go figure and then you said something here so they there's a good link here and it's talking about several insurance companies uh, a summation of major insurance companies' corporate group policy loss ratio or death claims for Q4 versus 2019. So these are all yeah, up by 36%, 57%, 41%, 21%, 32%, 24%. Okay. Very Huge huge increases and this is consistent with what we reported on in the past about a month ago a 100 billion dollar life insurance company here in America um, saw a 40% increase in people ages 18 to 64 deaths. And they said that kind of increase is d- catastrophic. I mean, we're, it, it, they said we are seeing right now the highest death rates we've seen in his, the history of this business, not right. just, you know, in the history of this company. And um, so major uh, news coming out of the insurance companies on reports claims from whether it's um, injuries or deaths. And uh, the other piece that I wanted to show you guys for this week that came out that's just completely demolishing the COVID narrative and bringing a lot of good information to light on how this all started before the outbreak. And so this is saying here um, that scientists have found that the virus contains a tiny chunk of DNA that matches the sequence patented by Moderna three years before the pandemic broke out. Okay, Mm -hmm. so here's the sequence of the spike and this furin cleavage site, there is a piece of that that is patented by Moderna or was patented by Moderna back in 2016. Right. And the scientists are saying that this, they claim there is one in three trillion chance 
Moderna's sequence randomly appeared through natural evolution. One in three trillion. Yeah. So, um, and here's the um, the patent. February 4th, 2016 is when Moderna filed for this patent of that particular sequence. And what's really interesting is just one month prior to that, the Gates Foundation gave Moderna a $20 million grant. Surprise! For mRNA therapeutics research. Yeah. And yeah. So <laughs> all the same players. This was uh, years before, years in the making. And, and it then, gets better from there. Yeah. And then in 2019, Fauci's NIAID signed this contract here for co-ownership of the Moderna mRNA coronavirus vaccine. Okay, so, I mean, this is really damning, really damning. And we have a trail of so much information now of how this all got started. Unbelievable. Unbelievable, but believable. Believable. (laughs) These people, God, they just... It really makes your head spin, doesn't it? It does. It absolutely does. So much. It's like, hmm, what do we focus on today? Food industry, energy, bioweapons, healthcare, war. They're just, they're, they're coming at everyone from every angle. And uh, it is, it's, it's really hard to focus. You know, I know a lot of people are having a hard time right now. It's, um, it's a lot. It's a lot. lot. Yes. Deal with. It's psychological, spiritual, physical, mental, emotional, you know, it's just, it's a lot. Yes, it is a lot. It is a lot. And I, I think that um, we do really need to um, talk about how we um, take the power back how right which i mean there's sort of health summit would be so great with mm-hmm. all the um strategies and and yes. i also have a lot of solution pieces um on uh over on my website under my solutions tab and the let's see the uh rogue food events coming up uh next weekend um, a lot of great speakers at that for anyone who's going there. Um, I think they might still have, they still have some tickets available. That's going to be in Mayo, Florida. And yeah, I mean, we all just have to focus on this, the community building and, and building around and fighting back in the proper ways and not getting super distracted and keeping ourselves healthy. You know, I think that's the hardest part right now for a lot of people. Agree. Uh, is, you know, like I'm eating like crap these days. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's hard, you know, when you're, you're super busy, you're juggling a lot and it's like, Oh, you're stressed. Give me some sugar, Mm -hmm. give me some comfort food. It's Mm -hmm. hard to find gym time. You keep falling into the, I know this though. Yeah. But Mm. uh, definitely, I think that our future talks will have to balance, you know, the darkness of the news cycle with solutions and how do we take control of our own lives? We may not be able to control everything that's going on on this huge, you know, in this huge geopolitical theater, 
but we can control our own lives and in ways we can control our communities. And um, so just really, you know, we're going to have to have a balance there of mm. the darkness and the light because um, there are solutions. There are ways that we can um, not just survive through this time, but thrive, um, you know, and, and take some, some personal sovereignty back, you know, of just having a, a self-reliance, uh, learning new skills, um, keeping ourselves healthy, impacting our community in positive ways, building and growing that community, and then networking with other communities. So we're basically, we are, we're working on that parallel system. Yeah, yeah, collaboration is very key right now. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's very necessary. Yep, because I mean we're we're dealing in we're in very unique times, and um, certainly no one person can figure all this out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, everybody has something different they can bring to the table. Yep. So one last story we wanted to cover, um, which is some good news coming out of Texas. Right. So um, maybe I'll set it up and then hand it over to you, Speaker. But um, from what I understand, the the Texas legislature had proposed legislation to make um, giving transgender drugs or surgeries to children illegal. And that did not even pass in the legislature. And so it kind of went, the, it, the responsibility fell back onto the governor and the attorney general Paxton there. And so the governor and attorney general ba- Paxton have come out and said that they're going to start prosecuting people under the current laws in Texas for child abuse if they are giving transgender drugs and um, surgeries to underage kids. Good for that. It's just, it, it, yeah, well, it, it's crazy because I'm reading the other side on uh, on Reddit, and of course, a very liberal, very left leaning platform. Mm. And the way they're like, "Oh my God, Texas, Texas is targeting and chasing down transgenders." Um, yeah, the outcries. It's just it, it it's so mind blowing when you're actually reading through the other side. I tell you, but this is something that needed to happen. I mean, kids need to be protected by this. They are not grown adults. Right, and for anyone pushing these lifelong procedures and these effects that a child cannot agree to at that age, right? That they, they that it that falls into the parents, and this goes to the bill that they will start prosecuting parents, and it's the deterrent that they really needed. And a lot of this can't be reversed. I mean, you guys exactly. know, and anyone who's who's been. Um, you know, along for the ride with us throughout all of this, I did, I did a four part extensive report on the whole manufacturing of an industry uh, around transgender, because again, it's, it's all about money and creating uh, confusion and gender dysphoria and removing gender altogether. And it's uh, the, the whole thing around the puberty blockers is, is really the thing that gets me the most because they created this precocious puberty um, as in, as though this is some big issue. And so let's, let's develop some drugs because uh, little Johnny is developing two years earlier than little Billy. And that's just not right. So let's get him on hormone therapy. 
And um, it's such a small percentage that, that this occurs in. And God forbid we look at this as just normal and natural and let's just let everyone, you know, out of millions of people, we are not all the same. And so uh, they created this drug back in, I think it was the late 80s, which all, you know, when you look at the timeline, you see how they they did that to then later on pull it into all the medical professionals and agencies saying, well, we think this should be used as off-label for gender dysphoria. And let's, you know, start giving this to them at like eight years old at which point if you leave them on for too long, it'll sterilize them and you can't reverse that. And then we'll move them into surgery. It's, it's really, it's really sick. It is. I think that um, once you're an adult, you have the freedom to choose whatever you're going to do with your own body. Mm -hmm. Um, As far as children goes, it's a totally different story because I don't think that they have the, capacity to make life-altering decisions at, you know, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 14, 16, at those ages, those developmental ages. And we know how the school systems, how um, social media, how everything is inundating kids these days to feel that, what is dysphoria, become dysphoric. And then um, parents are part of that as well, you know, pushing their own ideologies on children at such a young age. And so it's really hard to just to say, you know, whether the child was actually like that or whether these influences all around society inundating them daily are causing those feelings of dysphoria. And the only way that you could know what's real and what's not is if you just wait and wait it out, let these kids grow up and make decisions as adults, but not as children. Right. Agreed. Agreed. And I'm sure there'll be argument in there that, well, but now you're giving rights to the state when it should be the right to the parents to decide. But we're talking about a psychological agenda that's being put on parents and children and and for for them to you know texas to state that this falls under child abuse i would have to agree agree i do i do agree yep 100 percent. all right well that's some good news coming out of texas we'll see how that all pans out because you know that um the left is just raging over this and other decisions that have come out of Texas <laughs> lately. Right. So. Well, and there was, well, there was one other thing. Um, I haven't had time to put this all together into an article, but I'm probably going to do that next week, um, which I will not be here next week. I will be out of town. And uh, so I can cover it in the following week's podcast, but uh, Mark Skidmore put together a, probably one of the most critical uh, survey studies done yet that uh, goes over, uh, it it was put out to people about, you know, family members, someone that is closest to them who has suffered from the jab and asked very specific questions on complications, uh, death, you know, 
the suffering or, you know, and, and, and the numbers were astronomical and what happened to these people were astronomical. And so he gathered all this information into a study and it's ongoing. So it's really, really important, vital information. And um, I'm going to get that put together with a couple other pieces of info into an article and I'll probably get that up next week at some point. So people can download the actual uh, study or you can go look it up right now. (laughs) Awesome. All right. Wow. We covered a lot of stuff, a lot of heavy stuff. So no, sorry guys. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. It's just how, how it goes sometimes, but glad you guys could join us today here on Dig It with the speaker, myself, The Sharp Edge, and Corey Lynn of Corey's Digs. Please be sure to share this podcast. We're on BitChute, Foxhole, Gab TV, iHeartRadio, Odyssey, Pilled, Rumble, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and YouTube. And we'll see you right back next time right here on Dig It. 